0: Before history is written, it's played, before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time,
1: before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever.
0: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Novak, it's a beautiful night for tennis. You're going up against Alex, who's been playing really well. He beat Rafa Nadal a couple of weeks ago. That's how well he's been playing. A lot of Aussie fans in the building tonight looking forward to a a great night of tennis, possibly a long night of tennis. Didn't happen. I'm not going to ask you how you beat him so convincingly. I'm going to ask you
1: why you beat him so convincingly. Uh, Because I wanted to. (laughs)
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw some of the best tennis you will ever see from Novak Djokovic.
1: He is showing absolutely no signs of that injury last night in the fourth round at the Australian Open. To talk about it, James Gray is joining us out of Melbourne at the moment. He reports for Sports News. He's a correspondent for iPaper and the author of Max Verstappen's Born to Race, a biography. James, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. What did you think of that cold-hearted display from Djokovic last night?
0: Well, he's not injured, is he, for starters? I mean, <laughs> if he's doing that with one leg, I'd hate to see what he can do with two legs. It's absolutely terrifying. It's funny this week, he's obviously come in under this injury cloud that he's been talking about and his hamstring, which we don't really know how what sort of shape it's in, but he thinks he's getting better. But I've never seen him hit the ball so hard. I've seen Djokovic win a lot of ground slams, as says everyone, and he's always done it in a variety of different ways. But I've never seen him hit it so plainly hard as he has over these days. 10 days or so and Alex de Manure was just the latest victim to be honest it didn't really matter who was at the other end it could have been Bjorn Borg and Boris Becker's love child it would have made absolutely no difference and, and considering I guess on the back of that comment I'm pretty sure I know your answer James but on the back of what you witnessed last night and how Novak Djokovic is playing at the moment you can't see him being stopped especially with what's left in the field um, I mean look he's playing Andre Rublev in the next round and and I think Andre Rublev is a fine player. I think he's got a lot of skills um, and he's improving every every six months. Every time I see him, Andre Rublev is a better player. But Novak Djokovic is so complete. The, the only thing really that catches up with him is injury, if this really is an injury. And as I say on the basis of last night, I, I can't see that. It, he could face Stefano Tsitsipas in the final. I think that is a tricky match for him. Stefano tends to go very well in Australia, but... I mean, Novak Djokovic owns Australia, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, it's very difficult to see anyone stopping him.
1: I read an amazing story about this young American, Shelton, who's made it through to the quarterfinals. For you, what do you think the story of the quarters is? And can you see any upsets?
0: Um, Yeah, Ben Shelton's a a fabulous story. For for people who don't know, he he had never left America before until he got on a flight to come to Australia for the United Cup about three weeks ago. Um, He's also the first... NCAA, Ie college U.S. champion to then go on and make the quarterfinals of the Australian Open six months later since Arthur Ashe in 1966. Now, you don't get achievements that a guy like Arthur Ashe has put up there and that have stood the test of time without being pretty talented. So the fact that he's there at all is is a pretty big upset. Um, I think probably him beating Tommy Paul, who who albeit is an unseeded player, he's just about nearly seeded, if you like. I think he's about 40 in the world at the moment and. Has had some really good results. So that that would be a shock and probably is the only one I can see. Um I mean, Yuri Lahechka again is another unseeded guy, he's only 21 and, and he's playing Stefanos Tsitsipas. They have played before. They played actually in Lahechka's breakout tournament last year in Rotterdam, but Tsitsipas came from behind to beat him and I think he's a better player now than he was then. So I wish I could tell you there's going to be upsets galore and Andre is going to beat Novak Djokovic and <laughs> And ben Shelton's going to beat Tommy Paul, but I'm I'm struggling to see it at the moment. And I mean, obviously, the men's or all, all things are pointing to a Sitsa pass Djokovic final. What about the women's? Jeez, there's some uh, there's some high high seeds or, or plenty of unseeded players still sniffing around. Obviously, we've still got a few of the the names that Azarenka and Sevlinca who have been around for for many a year. But there's certainly some names emerging, isn't there? Yeah, I don't know if the phrase still exists in, in New Zealand, but in England, we might call it a pin sticker's guide to, <laughs> to this draw, because it really is just take a pin and stick it anywhere you want, and you can make a case. Um, I mean, Elena Rabakina has literally, just about half an hour ago, booked her place in the semi-finals with a very impressive victory over Elena Ostapenko, who people may remember won the French Open back in 2017, and actually is at only 25, despite having been on the scene for a long time. I, I really like Elena and she, she hits the ball incredibly hard. Um, her serve gets up to about 122, 123 miles an hour, which wouldn't look out of place on the men's tour. Um, and she obviously won Wimbledon last summer, you know, back in my hometown of London, and probably wasn't very widely appreciated for that because people didn't really know who she was. And, you know, she's from Russia. She was born in Moscow. Her family still live in Moscow. And while she represents Kazakhstan, there was this kind of feeling that, somehow it was a bit tainted by her russianness i think that's hugely unfair elena rabakina didn't choose to go to war um she did choose to go and play for kazakhstan because she wasn't getting supported by the russian tennis federation and she's made the best of it she, she's now an absolute firebrand of a player and is in great form she's been in great form pretty much on and off for the last 2 years um before the pandemic she played brilliantly as well so um i i think she's kind of the favorite uh, she's obviously already into the semi-finals which helps uh, there are other names in there. You mentioned Victoria Azarenka. She knows her way around Melbourne very well. And obviously has won two titles here, but, uh, I think Arena Sabalenka in the bottom half is, is the biggest threat. She is unbeaten in 2023. She, a bit like Rebecca has an enormous serve. She used to hit a huge number of double faults, but seems to have that under control now. So she would probably be my pick for the other side of the final, but uh, you know, the, the women's draw, it's, it's so unpredictable. It's the only thing that's predictable about it is that you don't know what's going to happen.
1: James, it's so get good to get you on the program, and you're so lucky to be over in Melbourne. We're going to live through you for a moment. Have you got a favourite moment or a highlight <laughs> from week one?
0: Uh, I have to say, getting onto a plane in minus five conditions and getting <laughs> off a plane in twenty nine degrees was pretty pretty special. The thirty five degree swing. Um, the moment from week one, it's got to be Andy Murray. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. like I don't like finishing work at seven a.m. But uh, <laughs> you watch a guy who's thirty five years old who was told. Five years ago, he'd never played professional sports again. And to, I mean, you know, we obviously have followed Andy's every move for pretty much for the last 15 years. And we know what a type of a guy he is. And, you know, we'd, we, would, we would say if he wasn't a good guy, I assure you, we would happily say it. And I can't say it. He, he's worked so hard. And to watch him win that match. And funny enough, to then see him come out in the third round, and I pretty much followed him around Melbourne for 48 hours after, well, once I'd slept. Uh, after the kokanakis match and he couldn't walk i mean i I, i'm not kidding he could not walk properly he couldn't get up and down stairs without holding onto the handrail how he then went out and all right he lost but he won a set like in a grand slam in the third round the guy is an absolute machine i mean he is technically part bionic um (laughs) and he has certainly given me the best moments of for the first week of the Australian Open, I think.
1: Yeah, I saw people comparing him to the Tin Man, uh, the way that he's still (laughs) able to play considering what his body's been through. How long do you think he will continue to play for?
0: Well, I think it's technically Chrome Cobalt who's (laughs) jointly made from, if we're going to be specific. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. We were talking about this yesterday and we said, oh, do do you think Andy thinks that's his last Australian Open? I absolutely don't think he thinks that. He did not walk off saying goodbye. He walked off saying Ah, if only I hadn't played twelve hours of tennis this week, <laughs> I really could really get a Um, I mean he's got four young kids at home, so maybe once they grow up he'll be happy to to stop going on tour. But I, I think he's probably got three years. I think that's probably the point at which because the reality is he's not gonna win another Grand Slam. I would love to sit here and say I think Andy Murray's gonna win another Grand Slam. But I think that's not true. But if he gets to the semis as a, especially at Wimbledon, mm. you know, where he, he is He has been the best grass court player in the world at times and obviously the best player in the world full stop at times but if he gets to a a semi-final of Wimbledon you know which is what he wants obviously he wants to win it but if he gets that run and you know has just one one last dance to coin a phrase I I think that'll be enough but I don't know if that'll happen this year but it might happen next and yeah two three years but you know I, I didn't think he'd come back the first time so what do I know
1: now, I'm cautious about taking up too much of your time, but you're fascinating, so I just want to ask you one more thing. Uh, away from the tennis court and onto the screens, Beaver has just watched episode one of Breakpoint on Netflix, the documentary. Uh, have cool. you seen it, and do you think it's accurate? And have you come across anyone more interesting than Nick Kyrgios? Um,
0: yeah, interesting is one word. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Nick has a habit of finding my tweets about him and having a go at me, which tends to create something of a stink online. But uh, I think we're friends now, uh, maybe. I think he he is a character. He has a lot of flaws, obviously. I think, if I'm honest, I think episode one of the Netflix documentary is a bit of a whitewash. I think it really portrays Nick as this much misunderstood and just wonderful bloke. Um, He's not completely white to the white. I think we all know that. Everyone in Australia knows that. Uh, i don't know how much your lawyers allow me to say about that more but um we got good lawyers (laughs) excellent well um i think the tv program is a bit of a whitewash he does feature in the the second half there's five more episodes to come in june uh i know they followed him around wimbledon where he obviously made the final i i don't know how much you'll you'll get of you know what people don't like about nick curios of Mm -hmm. which there's plenty um I, I personally, I was a bit disappointed. I, I, I got the show on preview, so I watched the five episodes, and I, I didn't feel I learned a huge amount more. But you know, this is this is like Drive to Survive. This is not a show for me. I, I'm a tennis journalist. I probably know more about tennis than 99 percent of people, um, and that's not a boast. It's kind of sad actually. Um, but I think this is aimed at people who don't know tennis, and yeah. if they enjoy it and it means they get involved in the sport, go out and play the sport, watch the sport, then. Yeah and great and you know the guys who make drive to survive they you make all the great sports documentaries they tend to know what they're doing so i won't spend too long telling them how to do their job
1: well james it's been wonderful chatting thank you so much for giving up your time and letting us pick your brain about the great sport and enjoy the rest of the week in melbourne
0: my pleasure i uh, hopefully you no know more of this rain that you've just sent over from new zealand <laughs>
1: it's definitely not coming from us maybe look out at the pacific <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful uh, okay. over here I'll-
0: All right. Thank you so much, James.
1: James Gray joining us from the Australian Open. He works for Sports News as a correspondent for iPaper. uh, And he also wrote Max Verstappen's Born to Race, a biography. Look him up online. Go and have a look at some of these tweets that he's talking about. Now I'm curious, what has he been saying about Nick Curios and what has Nick been biting back?